Good morning. Um, for those of you joining us online and on the phone, my name is Trent Walker. I'm one of the pastors here. And we have an unusual but really cool morning for you. Um, some of you might walk out of here and go, there wasn't a message today. Well, then you're not watching. You're not listening because today the message is not, I'll tell you how this came about. So uh, Sue had scheduled uh, the Reverend Michael Peters from the, I got to make sure I say the uh, Aquanai, Aquanai? Aquanay Ministry, uh, um, had scheduled him to come here because we're going to do a food pack for uh, Native American insecure, a few insecure people, and uh, that was scheduled a long time ago, and then we got word from uh, Reverend Doug McClintock that the Hungarians are coming on the same day. And normally what we do for a missionary moment is we have a five minute, you know, we give them five minutes and we tell them if you go, every minute you go over, you lose a thousand dollars of support. And then they always say, what if we go under, you know? Um, so when we were looking at it post Easter, we're looking at it and we're like, we could, we could charge one of our pastors to do a five minute message because we want to, we want to try to make all this work. But instead of a five minute mission moment per missionary today, we're going to extend it to 10. So the message today is what God has been doing through you with the partnership uh, with the Hungarian churches and church planters and what they, what's going on there to update you on that. And uh, it's what God is going to do through you and through, all, through the church as a whole in helping out the, uh, the Native American people group here, in, mainly in the UP, um, with, with food. We're going to pack, I believe, 600,000 meals, which is 100,000 packets. Each packet has, uh, has six meals in it. So we'll be doing that on Friday and Saturday. So with all of that said, I'm going to invite Gergu and Lotzi to come up. Uh, they have, we have been in partnership. I've known Gergu since 2014. Lotzi, your first time here was in 2014, correct? Okay. And um, I've been over there. Uh, actually, Gergu stayed in my home back in 2018. Uh, I was going to spend a lot more time with them last year, but I got stuck with COVID, if you remember. Um, so poor uh, Doug McClintock had me, he was going to host Lynn and I in his uh, 900 square foot apartment for two nights, and it ended up being 11. Um, so we're glad to have you here. No one's sick. So this is Gergu. This is Lotzi. And I'm just going to have them give us a little, uh, we've got five questions for them. Have, us, have them update us on some things and uh, tell you about a few things. So the first question is, why don't you give us an overview um, of what's gone on in this partnership with the churches in Hungary since, since this partnership started? I know you started with uh, there was a couple, there were three or four other churches that joined a year before we did, but we've been with you since 2015. So what would you have us know? Good morning. Uh, my English is very Hungarian. So Gergő, we uh, talk about our mission and this question. <laughs> Thank you very much for having us. Uh, it's been now, I think, uh, eight years that we are in partnership. Mm -hmm. And a lot of things happened since. Uh, we started two new sites in the university church in Debrecen. First of all, to get the context, Debrecen is the second largest city of Hungary. Uh, it's uh, as large as, I think, more or less Grand Rapids. Mm -hmm. And it has a huge university with uh, 30,000 students, 30,000, it's a lot. Um, and there is uh, 7,000 English-speaking students. You know, there the students speak mainly only Hungarian. That's why uh, our services are in Hungarian. Now we are planning on um, to, to plant an English-speaking service as well, but I will talk about later. 
So we, uh, we planted two new sites in the university church when we started our partnership. Mm -hmm. uh, we planted another church that's now five years old. Um, and, uh, and we also started to work on this English-speaking community, which might be crucial to reach the international students um, in, the, in the university church. So basically, I think that's it. And you've moved to, uh, you've started a new church in a new city as well, correct? Yes, I, I would rather say that we, we influence um, many churches in Hungary. Uh, so it was a new church plant in the south of Hungary as mm -hmm. well. And uh, through the training that we have for pastors, I think we influence like a couple thousand more churches. Wow. Wow. So if you had to say, what are you most excited about right now? So what, tell us something that God is doing or something that you see developing. What are you, what, what, what gets your heart beating a little bit harder? Um, yeah, I didn't write that down. He didn't know I was going to say the hard thing. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, um, the, the pandemic years were a struggle for us, as I guess for you as well. But we tried to use those time for vision casting, so make it clear what God is really calling us uh, to do. So it turned out that he's calling us for discipleship making and leadership development, and this is what we started to work on. And, but God is ahead of us because we're already having students approaching us that I want to lead small groups, please help me and stuff like that. So actually, without really working out in details these programs, we're already doing that which, uh, with really stand, uh, talented students. And I think through this, God is working to renew the Hungarian Reformed Church because these students are going to be leaders eventually in the Reformed Church in Hungary, which is, you know, it's a great church, but it needs some renewal, I would say. And I see that this is how God is working among us, especially in two fields. Um, you know, I don't know how it was for you, but for the Hungarian students, uh, in, um, the, the students in Hungary, they struggle with uh, self-worth. Hmm. They, they um, you know, they worth themselves uh, on their grades. So when they meet the gospel and they see that it doesn't really matter how I succeed in academics, but I see on the cross how much I worth. It's, uh, it's, they, they make them joyful, they make them free, it makes them free. And the other thing is that um, I, I don't know exactly about your generation, but m my generation grew up in a certain um, safety, and uh, the world was predictable at that time. And then the virus hit, we have wars, just in the neighbor country, Ukraine. Uh, we have economic culture, so it makes the students really uncertain about life. That's the, that's the basic picture for them to grow up. So when they experience that there is uh, a firm ground for them in Christ, the North Star, it also makes them uh, joyful and be free to, you know, not struggling so much about things that you can't change, but rather focus on what you can do. So these are the ways, uh, I think, how God works through us, and also through the training that we have for mm -hmm. pastors. It's an incubator training, Tim Keller. I don't know if you uh, know him. T Tim Keller, um, his ministry is planting churches in very large cities 
all around the world, and this incubator ministry is, is how they train up leaders to, uh, I guess the word would be infiltrate, but influence, uh, especially metropolitan areas. Is that, is that what you're speaking of? Yes, okay. um, and, and I, I would be more precise that we help pastors, it doesn't matter if they work in a city or in the rural area, to rediscover the gospel and let it... I don't uh, know what that was, but keep going. <laughs> and, uh, and let it um, influence their ministry. Gotcha. So I think this is how God is moving in really different ways to do the same thing in Hungary, to, new, to renew the Reformed Church. Well, you just said something to me that most of these people wish would happen more often, to be more precise. All right. You know, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, old friends. Uh, what, how can we be praying for you? I mean, do you see any struggles or um, things on the horizon that, you're, that concern you as a, as a pastor, as a, someone who's trying to influence your culture for Christ? How can we be praying? Um, now we, we need an English-speaking pastor, that's the, that's the first, uh, because we just had one from Ireland, but... Uh, His wife had cancer. Yeah, 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 yeah that's cancer, why they, yeah. they can't come. Uh, so uh, we are looking for uh, a native English-speaking pastor for the, for the, uh, the English-speaking community. Um, please uh, pray also uh, for that I think in the coming years, uh, God is calling us to, to plant uh, a new church, either in Debrecen or maybe in Budapest, which okay. is the capital city of Hungary. And, uh, you know, the, we have a lot of graduates. I would say that more than half of the, our graduates from Debrecen go to Budapest. They're struggling to find their home there. So, so that's why I think it would be just great to have them a church over there. So maybe this is our next step. <laughs> and um, the third thing is that, uh, you know, in Hungary, religion is not just personal, personal thing, but rather a kind of a taboo. You don't really talk about it. You don't ask someone, uh, where do you go to church? It's, it's like an insult, like if you would ask him or her about his or her income. So in this case, it's really hard to witness, witness on Christ. So please pray for the students and also for us to be brave enough to, to break down these barriers and, and speak about the gospel. Cool. Um, when Gergut spoke of um, renewal, the need for renewal. Uh, Hungary, if you remember, was a Soviet bloc country, and the church was sidelined for decades and decades and decades. And so when they came out of uh, the Soviet era, the churches, they just kind of hung on to what held them together during all that time. But the next generation, the next generation hadn't needed to hold on to it. And so they've just kind of drifted and they need something a bit more contemporary or a bit more yeah. of the moment. Um, yeah. So that's what, when he's speaking of the need for renewal, that's part of it. Um, and that's what we go, we go there to learn from them how to minister in a secularized culture. And they come here to learn kind of best practices. Like Gergu said a moment ago, um, he had asked about this service when I was giving them a tour. And he said, um, a traditional service. Um, and so I was like, yeah, but you know, it's with a flair. And so he goes, this is your most traditional service? Good. It's good. I just so, loved it. Um, so tell us, uh, yeah, we've just got a couple of, a couple of seconds left, but um, your wife was supposed to come yep. and was unable. Uh, the emergency, the COVID emergency had not been lifted yet, and she had a vaccine that came from a country other than one that's approved here, so she wasn't able to come. But tell us about a little bit about your family, and then if, if Lassie would like to share anything about his family, we'd love to try to 
to, to, we'd love you to try it. So. <laughs> We're expecting our second daughter, July 10, uh, but I'd rather give the, the mic to Lutzi because she, he didn't have the chance to talk. So I am married, my wife is pastor too, and uh, we have two uh, beautiful children, <laughs> son and uh, girl. Awesome. Let me, uh, let me, let's, will you pray with me? Or oh, go ahead, no. No, 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 no. Tell us. I just wanted to say that thank you for having us. That's it. It's our pleasure. Thank you, for you, support. you traveled a long way to get here. It's our, <laughs> it's our pleasure. So let me, let me pray for the Hungarian churches and planters. Lord God, we bless you for who you are, for all that you've done over the last several years, not just through this, not, you've blessed us through this, there's no question, but what you're doing in Hungary uh, with university church plants, with uh, new church plants, they've just celebrated their fifth Easter and the influence that this European partnership and this Hungarian partnership is having on the church as a whole, uh, taking your word to people who don't yet know that you love them and that you have redemptive, you, you want to transform their lives. So Lord, give uh, the students courage to speak of their faith, uh, change the mindset of the people in Hungary so that they are not just, it's not an insult to ask them about church, but that there's a hunger that they start asking about it themselves. We ask that you bless them, that you keep them, that you make your face shine on them, that you're gracious to them, that you smile at them, and that you give peace, that your peace reign throughout Hungary. We pray this in Jesus' name, through the power of your spirit, for the glory of God our Father. Amen. Thank you all for having us, and in a few moments, you will meet Michael. So, so I'm Sue Spikeisen, and I'm the missions coordinator here at Community. Um, good morning to you. Um, it is my pleasure today to be able to introduce to you um, Reverend Michael Peters, um, who is the only Native American ordained pastor in Michigan. And uh, so it's a pleasure for him to be here, and He is going to talk to us about his ministry and a little bit of his story and to give you a little bit of context for when we do packing on Friday and the food insecurity. You've heard me. I've been on this stage multiple times talking about food insecurity, and it's everywhere. So he's going to give us a little more context with that. So there you go. Awesome. Well, in the initial, Michael Peters. <laughs> I have to walk in two worlds. And I just said, uh, hello. Uh, your first Indian word. Everybody has a knee, a knee. That means hello, a knee. So you got your first Indian word. And uh, it's a pleasure to be here and to be a part of this beautiful facility. I am a tribal citizen of the Little Traverse Bay Band of Odawa Indians, or Ottawa. You live in Ottawa County, so you can send your rent checks to me. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, my reserve is up in Petoskey and Harbor Springs. And uh, as said, I've been an ordained minister for 42 years meaning that I've gone to and graduated from Bible college. I have a bachelor's in biblical studies. And uh, being the only ordained Native American is kind of a lonely situation. And uh, where, where do you go for fellowship when, when you're a Native American? But according to the uh, 2020 census, there are 6.75 million Native Americans in the United States. 
And the, the uh, Southern Baptist Missions Board says that there's 5% of us are Christians. The Assemblies of, Glo- uh, Assemblies of God Global Missions says 1%. So I, I say three. to be right in the middle just to be safe. And even at 3% of us being uh, followers of Jesus, that means there are over 6 million Native Americans who do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, even as close as a half hour from this beautiful facility. There are over 574 federally recognized tribes. 229 of those are in Alaska. In Grand Rapids, I live, I, I'm only 22 minutes by Google from you. I live in Standale, Lake Michigan Drive in Wilson. Been there 47 years. Uh, this October, uh, my wife and I will be celebrating our 50th. And we have uh, two children, five grandchildren, and we believe that's it. Plus dogs and cats and whatever else they get. But in Grand Rapids, do you know, folks, I know I'm telling you about some, some different, uh, a whole different culture that's forgotten and marginalized. But in Grand Rapids, there are over 47 different native languages spoken in Grand Rapids. That close to you. And we really are an unreached people group in the shadows, theoretically, of, of where you live. And because of faulty missiology, many of my people have rejected Jesus Christ and Christianity. We never say Christian or Christianity. We're followers of Jesus. The minute I say, are you a Christian, a wall comes up. And they have rejected the gospel. And your packing of meals, I I know Pastor said uh, that uh, it's, it's going to go up in the U.P., That was the original thought. Let me give you an update. Other tribes heard about the meals, and I'm getting phone calls all over the United States, and they call me, and my heart breaks because when they get on the phone, they're literally crying, folks. Is it true that you have some free food We would love to have some. We need some. And they tell me their story. So how how do you say no? No, you can't have none? We'll we'll get some to you. We'll get some to you. I don't know how. We're going to get some to you. And folks, this week, your packing of those meals is, is a tangible way of showing what God is doing not only through you, but what God is going to do to touch people who don't know the gospel, who have never heard of Jesus. I never touched a Bible until I was 14 years old, never knew what it was. But out of your compassion and your love of Christ, you're going to be sending uh, these packets of food, not only in Kent County and, and up through Michigan and stuff in there, but Your food is going to go to reservations where they have to drive 75 miles just to get water. They have 500-gallon tanks on their pickup truck, and they drive 75 miles. Some of your food is going to go there. Some of your food is going to go to elders who live with, with sticks for stud walls and cardboard 
for walls and they have no water or electricity, battling COVID. They can't wash their hands and COVID is still raging in a lot of reservations. Your, your food is going to go to young families who face the highest unemployment and poverty rate in the nation because not all indigenous people had the same access to government, food, and health care. Many tribes are uh, not recognized by the federal government, which means they do not get uh, the food commodities from USDA. And so they struggle because they're on land that cannot grow food. They struggle because they don't have water. And when they heard about the packing of the food, they're asking, can we have some? Three-year shelf life. They love that aspect of it. I've, folks, I've, I've ministered, and God has allowed me to minister in places where we eat grasshoppers for the protein. Now, they're pretty good once you roast them with spices and herbs. You get, if you don't eat them, you starve. So you, we, we eat those, and your, your food is going to go to a, a tribe where they have to pay $23 a gallon for milk. Imagine that. My heart ached for them. And they can't grow food out that because their land cannot sustain crops. Everyone deserves to know where their next meal is coming from. And because of your compassion and, and your love of Christ and willing to come out and roll up your sleeves and pack these meals, they're going to know where their next meal comes from. So I want to thank you for that. The name of our project is Aquane. And that means Friends. And so we, there's only three of us guys and you doing the bulk of the work. But we're looking for friends. Aquane, would you help us? Would you help us feed not only Michigan and Kent County? You know, Kent County is, is the second largest native population in Michigan. Kent County. Detroit is number one. Your food is going to impact so many people across this nation and I want to thank you for being a part. I'll be here uh, this week on Friday and Saturday. I'd love to talk with you if you have some questions uh, about Native culture. I was, I was at one pack, and, and the lady walked up to me, and she looked at me. You're not from here, are you? <laughs> I would tell you where they were, but all the guys are over six foot. Does that tell you something? And so I explained, and, and, and we loved on each, each other. So from my heart to yours, thank you for being Aquane to tribes all across this nation and planting seeds of Christ and the love of Christ that they never knew before. So God bless. We will see you next, well, this, this Friday and Saturday. So thank you for allowing me the time. While the, while the band comes up, I just want to pray for you right now. Let's pray. Father in heaven, uh, we thank you for Pastor Mike and for the ministry uh, to those hurting people, not just here and up north, uh, but all around the world. Lord, thanks for his heart. Uh, thanks for his passion uh, for the people who are lost, people who haven't heard of you. Lord, we pray that you would just bless his ministry and bless us as we try to make some meals and send those out. And uh, Lord, we just pray that you would... Uh, Multiply those meals wherever they go. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.